When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the first experimental, possibly disastrous, failed state update game night. I'm your host, as always, Joseph L. Flatley, and uh, I have with me some of the most intelligent, enlightened beings out there, um, people that I know and respect, who people of great skill and great talent, and I asked them to play this game with me, and not in honor of... Uh, Alex Trebek's death, but if I had any foresight, I probably would have spun it like that somehow. So, uh, before we play, let's go through our contestants, and uh, we're going to start with Kirk Mad Dog Cook. Hi, my name is Kirk Mad Dog Cook, and I help computers think more logically about cause-effect relationships. Hi, I'm John Marsh, and um I do construction technology, so I help construction companies use robots and AR and VR and all kinds of other tech. And um, I also run a research development lab and uh, have a podcast called Construction Dorks that's every two weeks that no one outside of construction should ever be a part of. Um, <laughs> but, but on our podcast, Lenny, we drink and we introduce our drinks. So, so today I'm, I'm drinking Lefroy. Oh, uh, nice. Lafroy Le- 10. 10. And if this oh. game is awesome, I got a log of ball in behind me. But, <laughs> but, but the game has to like live up to the drink, right? Like You can't just have a bad game and, and a good drink. So we're going to start off with Lafroy and, and yeah. see where we go. It's a good starting point. <laughs> All right. And uh, Joseph Matheny. Um, what am I? No, I, I uh, by daytime, I do high-tech um specialize in things like AI and distributed technology. And uh, by night, I do very weird conceptual art projects on the internet. Hey, this is JG Michael. I'm the host of the Parallax Views podcast, um, which I guess is one of the most uh, uncategorizably (laughs) eclectic podcasts out there right now. I don't know. I've been all over the place. I interview people. That's me. So the game we're playing is called Conspiracy Theory. The tagline is, and I'm reading this off the box, the game that reveals the truth. 
Will it reveal the truth? I have no idea. Um, this could, like I said, this could be a total disaster. We already rolled the dice, so we know what order we're going in. And um, gameplay is pretty simple. You uh, travel, I guess, counterclockwise around the, the game board. If you land on a category like aliens, tech, or mythos, or schemes, or aliens, or tech or mythos, um, you pull a card, and then you answer a question. If the card, the question category is the same as the category you land on, you get a different turn. You get a, a second turn. If you land on a corner of the all-seeing triangle, if you land on one of the corners, you get a second turn. If you land up on this cover-up card, I'll read that card, and then you do whatever it says. Um, there's a discovery thing, which you have, you have a separate dice roll, and then from there, you know, different shit happens. And then if you roll a double, there's different things that might happen. It's very simple. Um, I made it sound complex because I overcomplicate things. But I'll just kind of lead, lead the way, and we'll have a good time. So, uh, Kirk, Mad Dog, Cook, roll the dice. Woohoo! Uh, I got a one and a three, which adds up to four. All right. Oh, and you are red. Your piece is red. Red, Kirk. All right, you landed in a corner piece, which means you get another turn after I ask you this question. All right. And the category is tech. What year do conspiracists claim that the first moon landing took place? A, 1954. B, 1961. C, 1965. D, it never happened. Never happened. Never happened. And um, so where did that footage come from? From Hollywood, of course. Uh, well, uh, no, no, from, from Laurel Canyon. The studio up there. Yeah, from, yeah, from, yeah, from yeah. the studio yeah. where, where, like, Cosby, Stills, Nash, Young, and, and all of their parents were, like, like Jim Morrison's dad was the, was the admiral of the Navy, and uh, so it was uh, all convenient to have the center of story-making and the national mythology kind of all take place See, but I take umbrage with this because, like, weren't the Nazis the ones to go? Oh, yeah, yeah, first? yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 of course. The, yeah. The, 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 yeah. The, the, it was like 41 or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or if, if not before then, what's the – it called the, um, the, the, the parallel civilization? Yeah. The, the breakaway the, civilization? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the breakaway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, how does Kubrick tie into all of this again? <laughs> oh, he, he 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 filmed it. I mean, like you had to be a real movie cinematic genius to fake the moon landing. Exactly. So there was something about some special. How did they figure out it was him? He borrowed some special lens from the military in one of his for one of his movies, from one of his movies, and obviously, I'm more party to the breakaway civilization theory than the fake moon landing. The flying saucers that were constructed in the hollow earth in Antarctica that flew to the moon before, way before we did. And the reason that we had to fake the – yeah, so anyway. <laughs> I was about to go down the rabbit hole and I stopped myself. It's always encouraged. And don't forget the, um, the how di how difficult it is to trace uh, – well, to find uh, traces of – uh, past industrial c civilizations after only a few thousand years. 
only a few. Yeah. So it's uh, reasonable to um, it, assume that we're not the first to reach this level of um, a technical competence. And this is like the and, third or fourth one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I look at my dog and say, you're next. You guys are next. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're better than we are. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they watch us and they, they will tell stories about how, how there were a few wise ones and, and the rest just kind of. Just don't do as we did. You know, I, I saw a Peter Lavenda video not too long ago. It was like a, a talk on the secret space program. And, like, the whole gist of the show was, like, there must be a secret space program, you know, separate from NASA that's, like, going to the moon and going to Mars and stuff. Because how could there not be? (laughs) That was, like, the whole gist. I was like, what? You know, it's it's a shame because if you read the stuff that Lavinda writes, for example, I think I mentioned this earlier um, to you, Lenny, was um, I read the Sinister Forces trilogy. Brilliant fiction, just brilliant fiction. I love the shit out of it, right? As fiction. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually had a chance to, uh, I tried to talk to Lavinda once because I, I really do admire him as a fiction writer. Um, and then I tried to have a conversation with him. We had, I won't say the name, but we, we had a friend in common in, in, who lived in New York who, whose name you would know because he's rather famous. But I went through him to, to get to Lavinda and he doesn't want to talk to me. For whatever reason, he, he's I'm anathema to him, and and I can't figure out like, you know, why? What did, what did, did you I mention do to Simon him to him? I didn't. I was gonna. <laughs> oh, I asked him about Simon. I was gonna be like, dude, that was brilliant. You still got that one going, you know? But you know, yeah. And we did some analysis of uh, the various authors' texts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, and, yeah. And and the Necronomicon would always cluster with his other Sinister writings. Forces. Well, yeah, if you if you I, read I Sinister Forces that. and if you read Dead Names, which supposedly is written by Simon, and, and you read Sinister Forces, which is written by Lavinda, they're telling the same story about the 4P2 in New York around the magical child. Yeah, it's, it's the same, same fucking thing. story. <laughs> Using the same modifiers. Exactly. Same... Uh, I have no problem with this language, but, but apparently he probably thinks I could bust him or would, and I wouldn't. I mean, he's been busted. So, you know, anybody who was a stoner in the '80s and '90s, so at least three of us that I know, I can confirm, is familiar with the Necronomicon. This like magical text from the past that was unearthed by this this mage genius guy named Simon. Who is like, who had this like really colorful backstory, and it's out on Avon Books, just like a massive yeah. paperback with a really cheesy cover it, that you could get in a in any American mall. Oh yeah, before Barnes and Noble. Yeah, like Walden Books, J. Dalton, J. B. Dalton, or whatever. Those shitty little mall bookstores. It was on the shelf of either the Necronomicon or the Feral House edition of the Satanic Bible. You could always find real easily. Yeah, it's going to be on the shelf of any serious metalhead in the eighties. Yes, and um, the author was really obviously this occult author named Peter Lavenda, but like he's been denying it this whole time. But it's like, I mean, he's busted. His his name's on the copyright 
filing into the Library of Congress or whatever? We, we all know. He just like, and, and you know what? If he doesn't want to cop to it, I get it. He, he's doing the the uh, the TNAG thing that you do in ARG. This is not a game. You 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 don't break character. You don't break the fourth wall. All that shit, right? Uh-huh. That's great. And but I just you know like I I just wanted to have a conversation like off the record. But no. He's, did you did you guys ever hear when Ian Punnett interviewed? Simon yes. of the yeah. Necronomicon. Yeah, I, did. With, and with, I, I always thought it was funny because Ian Punnett would interview Peter Lavenda later and be like, yeah. you're Simon. You don't <laughs> look like Simon. Well, so he had that like that vocal thing that like took him down two pitches. So yeah. it was like Simon was this deep voice and his like voice was supposed to be disguised. I took it and I put it in Ableton Live and raised it up two pitches and it's Lavenda's voice. Of course it is. Exact same dude. But I asked Lavenda about that. He was like, I'm not um I'm not Simon, but I'm flattered to be compared to him or confused with Well him. he claims to know Simon. Yeah, right. It's like, oh what a jag. That's cool, dude. It's like, you know, like I, I get it. I mean, again, I read him as fiction and I enjoy him as such. There's some things that I'm not really cool with, like like he you know, I've heard him really uh, stoke the fires of the whole SRA thing. I'm not cool with that at all. That's like that. That's some dangerous shit, and you just need to leave that alone. I think the first time I heard of the Finders was in his um, was in Sinister Forces. Yeah, like that's the kind of stuff where he, if you step back and go, well, you know, this is what I've learned is not everybody is reading this the way I read this, these things. You know, there are people that read this as gospel. Yeah, he's really irresponsible, and and that's that's you know you have to be careful with that, especially with that with that whole. Uh, SRA thing because people's lives have been ruined and continue to be ruined around that. Absolutely. And and look at like like we just mentioned Pizzagate. Look at like you know like if you were the guy who owned uh, Comet Pizza, Comet Ping Pong Pizza, like would you be happy with people showing up with guns in your store because some conspiracy theorist started a shit conspiracy about you? No, I wouldn't be. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been to Comet Ping Pong? No. On any of your trips? Um, yeah, I went there a couple years ago. You know, I have paid attention to all that because unless I'm writing a story about something, it's usually not worth my time to think about. But, like, I – so I went there with a friend, and I had read about it, and they these articles kind of made it sound like it was a dive bar, you know, bands would play and stuff. It is, like, a straight-up just, like, really nice, like, family restaurant. Like, it I was, went, yes. <laughs> yeah, I went there with my buddy, and it was, like, you know – it was like uh, what was it? Uncle Charlie's Pizza Pub in Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. It was the exact same thing. Like, little kids running around, like, parents just, like, you know, having a good time. And just the thought of, like, somebody going in there with, like, an AR-15, it was really just took my breath away. Yeah. It's, it's like, if you've not had that happen, and you guys probably, most of you know that I have had some things like that happen in my personal life, at my house, um, it, it, then you start to realize that not everybody – is capable of discernment. <laughs> you know what, what, what I don't get is, uh, you know, there's so many of these people that promote QAnon and Pizzagate that are like intelligence agency spooks. Like Michael Schuer, um, who is in the Bin Laden unit. He promotes all the QAnon stuff. And I'm like, if you're a conspiracy theorist, why would you trust these people? Yeah. Um, it's very odd. Because they're telling the truth, man. It's because all cons- all these right-wing conspiracy guys really just have a hard-on for authority. Like, they want to be approved by authority. They want to be authority, you know. Mm-hmm. They, and, you know, so they love a military man. They love a strong man like Trump. 
So one thing I want to point out about this uh, answer that um, this last question Kirk Cook answered, you know, he got it right, but we reject the premise because, of course, the Nazis have been on the moon for the better part of a century. Yes. Well, I'm just saying the game, whoever wrote the game, like, is not really fully aware of, like, the real history of the moon hoax because it's like, really, it should have been, did yeah. we really go to the moon? Well, and I, we travel back and forward in time, existing in multiple dimensions. We turn ourselves, our thoughts into um, the in- inevitable substance that we can't even have that we don't even have words to describe of course we've been to the moon (laughs) we are dude i I think the people that made this game made it for like i have been keeping track off to the side and i consider i'm probably i am not deep into conspiracy theories and i'm getting all these right so i think what they said is i want people to feel good about their understanding of conspiracies at the end of this game. <laughs> I want people to feel happy that they it's are the conspiracy layman's fun. game. Yeah. It's it's social engineering. It's getting you to be comfortable with conspiracies. Oh, absolutely, oh. man. It, it, wow. It's interesting. Although I have to say, as you guys are talking, so, so I may be the only evil capitalist, but the Pizzagate thing, the only thing I could think of, I would love to buy that pizza pizza store. Oh, I would yeah. totally trick it out as the Pizzagate store. There would be big yeah. signs up front. This is where Pizzagate happened. I would have an AR, you know, like a BB gun course in the back for you guys to try out your AR. You need to put a basement in, too. It doesn't have one, but it's supposed to have Dude, I'd just put the door for the basement <laughs> and then a concrete. You know, I'd just be like, no, no. There's a trap door. <laughs> but, but as an evil capitalist, all I think of is like, that's all this money. And I think some of those guys... That that are sort of putting up the words for QAnon and everything. They're just they're in it to make a buck. Hey, you know, hey, I mean, isn't Q since the election? Didn't Q disappear? Oh Was yeah, they talked about that today a bit. Yeah, Q Q is not to be found, and it happened right after the son of the owner of Acoon resigned. Well, well, that's weird. Go figure, <laughs> M- Matheny. How many people are still accusing you of being Q? You know, that finally stopped because I went on a rampage of anybody who would have me on their show so I could scream about QAnon being stupid. Um, it finally sunk in. And so I don't get those emails anymore. Thank God. Nice. <laughs> it, could we uh, uh, suggest that uh, uh, Comet Ping Pong change its logo to uh, a diagram of an Epstein Barr virus? <laughs> All right, I believe John Marsh is next. (laughs) I'm rolling. I'm rolling. I understand we have to. So I got um, a nine. Nine. All right. And you're yellow. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. Random. Let's answer. Let's ask this question. All right. Schemes. Conspiracists claim the U.S. invented what conflict in order to justify excessive military spending? And the answers are A, the Cold War, B, the War on Hunger, C, the War of Roses, or D, American Gladiators. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I, I think I'm going to go with the Cold War, but I think the real answer should have been all of them. 
Yeah. Like, like it, there should have been an answer that said all of the wars. Oh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> all, all conflict is created for this purpose, and that's what we should do. War is a racket. You are correct. I don't object too strongly to that conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh, Joe, your turn to roll. My turn? Do yeah. I roll? Mm-hmm. Four. Discovery, again. So roll one die. Mm-hmm. Okay, got to switch my app. Six. Six. It's all mine. Take both the top card from the discard deck and one card from another player. Well, there's only one wow. card in the discard deck. I keep getting these take cards from people. So now you got to take a card from someone. I already have a vendetta. You might as well take it. Let me give you some some background. You have a you have two scheme cards, Joe. Um, Kirk has a random and attack, and JG has a random, and John has a scheme. So, well, and I'm looking for three of a, three of a kind, right? What's the what do I'm looking for here? One of each category. One of each. Oh, one of each category. Okay. So I don't want to take from John because I already have his. So uh, tell me who what the other two cards are. Kirk has random and tech, and JG has random. All right, let's take one from Kirk because he has two. Uh, which one, tech or random? random? I. You guys don't know this, but um, Joe did some sigil magic before this began to <laughs> help with his chances. Yeah, I waited till I waited. I waited before I actually did it before we did the zoom, so you didn't have to see me charging the sigil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, JG, you're up. So I just rolled a nine. Nine, nine, nine. <laughs> Discovery. We're not getting any questions. This is crazy. All right, so roll one die six, JG. Okay. So I rolled a three. Dumpster diver. Take the top card from the discard pile, which there is nothing, so I'm going to take the bottom part from the uh, other pile. So you got a mythos, JG. So you so you have a random and a mythos. You're like two-fifths, 40% of the way there. Kirk Cook. Yes. Roll two die. Nine. Nine, nine, nine. All right, you landed on a text base. And you pull the Mythos card. The question is, what is the name of the creature in Australia that looks similar to North America's Bigfoot? Is it Dingoian? Dingoian? Yowie? Moljewangaluk? Or Bunya? I I go with the third option, the Moljewangaluk. That sounds vaguely... Uh, 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 Austro- is yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed that this game hasn't had any references to the uh, the Dulce Wars and the underground base. Yes. Yeah, thank you. I thought I thought we were going there, but it didn't go there. That, that was some good – we need some Commander X-like board game or something. Right. Timothy <laughs> Beckley can do that. Beck, if Beckley's listening to this, make a Commander X board game, man. Yeah, but You've you know, done I everything like the, else. I like, the, I like the Commander X stuff that Jim Keith did better than the Beckley stuff. The Beckley stuff is, is okay, but when well, Keith well, it's, it, it's, it's Tim, Sean Castile, and then Jim Keith did a bunch yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. And I think Tal Levesque, who was in the yeah. Hollow Earth stuff, did it. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I just thought Duke the Duke stuff, stuff was more interesting. Great yeah, pitch. I thought it was great. That's when I really got into it. It was like um, I first started buying that stuff from a P.O. box in Nevada. Oh, nice. That was selling me Xerox copies in ring binders. <laughs> it, it's weird because, like, I've actually met normies, like, middle-aged ones that have, like, you know, just are reading now books and stuff. And they were, you know, like, they, they said to me, uh, I've met a few that picked up that Black Helicopters book for some reason that Keith wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a, that was a big thing, you know. That was yeah, veritable. Well, that was veritable mainstream, almost. What thanks, to the, thanks to the X Files. I mean, it's before my time, so. Mister Cook, what are you pouring into your drink? Uh, I, I'm pouring in uh, ginger um, powder. Um, oh, cool! At like instant uh, ginger tea. I, that I buy at a Korean uh, grocery store near the house. Oh, those, those little granules that dissolve? Yeah. Yeah, I've had those. Those are good. Yeah, yeah. Very tasty. Uh, I decided to go with just medis- medicinal alcohol for the rest of the evening. <laughs> I've, I've moved on to like a whiskey, so I'm trying to make her's mark now, and I'll move on to another one later. Does the, does the alcohol you're drinking reflect how you're feeling about the game? Is it? No, actually, you know what? Like, I was curious about the game because, um, so like, I used to run a, a pretty big department of these people that did digital uh, models all day, mm-hmm. and um, I would say that everyone there had their their base level conspiracy. Um, we had everything from flat Earth to people that were so obsessed with chemtrails that they wore special clothing. So I, I thought. What is this game going to be like? Is it going to be built for them or is it going to be built for somebody else? And so I'm hmm. kind of like, I, I think it's kind of built for, for people that are kind of, what did you call them, normies? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. A little bit more part of the game. You know, they, they, they can kind of hang out here. It's becoming more mainstream anyways because, like, some yeah. of the bigger podcasts are spending a lot of time on conspiracy uh, theories. You know, I, I got to be honest. Uh, I I think conspiracy theories have been more mainstream for a long time than people realize. I mean, it's just, it's the type of conspiracy theory you're into, right? Like, I mean, you know, people like uh, Sidney Blumenthal, who's working for the Clintons, he coined the term the vast right-wing conspiracy that then Hillary Clinton used. I mean, everyone believes in some type of, you yeah. know, yeah. secret maneuvering. And you have that file in the 90s. That- yeah. yeah. That had some kind of following. I, I never understood it. I never. I they had a huge following, but so did so did Art Bell. Like in his peak, he was doing like twenty million people a night. But if you like read like any of these like really boring academic books on conspiracies, which I don't recommend, I always hate them. But like especially ones like written like in the nineties and two thousands, really take the X Files phenomenon and all that is like really something unheard of. Like if you look back at like shit from the nineties. It was like, you know, the, you know, all the different, the alien, the, uh, all the different like X-Files stuff and the black helicopters and the cattle mutilations, like academics and people didn't know what to make of that. Now, well, academics were writing about it in the sixties though. Hofstadter with uh, the paranoid style. I mean, what I I was going to say is that, you know, does that mean that it's a new phenomenon, or does it mean that fucking academia is finally getting around to right. observing it? You know, the only thing that I point out because, like, 
I would say that the, where I lack in conspiracies, I'll make it up for in, in like cult and pseudo religious mm-hmm. groups. And I think that's the thing is if you go back before the 50s, a lot of things that we now have as conspiracies ended up as sort of offshoot cults. Like those belief systems sort of overlapped a lot more early on. And now as we become more rationalistic in, in sort of society overall, we're saying, oh, no, no, that's conspiracy versus uh, uh, sort of a sort of a uh, uh, outsider worldview, you know, or at least that's the way I've seen it. Like, because I was, again, talking to all these people who used to be in departments for me, I was like always kind of noticing that they, they tended to have very rationalistic worldview except for these little quirky conspiracies that were like the center of their, their mental world. And I always associated that with um, sort of cult groups in the same way where you can have a very rationalistic discussion with a cult group until you hit that little point at which they're like, Oh no, but of of course the world was created in six days or, or whatever else their, their little quirk happens to be, you know, and it's, that's what I think happened is I think, during the 40s and 50s, stuff that used to be religious, like theologically centric, moved into more mainstream and, and, and took on sort of the air of pseudoscience. And I think there's a class element that often gets overlooked. Like like one of the phrases that comes up a lot in academic studies of conspiracy theories is that conspiracy theories are poor man's cognitive mapping. Like basically working class people are too dumb to have a nuanced view of reality. So they like depend on conspiracy theories. But I mean, the stuff that gets called conspiracy theories is often not that much crazier than like what pundits are trying to sell me about like the democratic party on Rachel Maddow or rising, you know, on the Hill TV or something. So I, I just have to wonder if it's just like, if you have like the wrong bad ideas, you're a conspiracy theorist. If you have the right bad ideas, you are, probably raking it in on cable news. I think it's definitely a class thing, but that's like dopamine for the masses statements, you know, with the, with some of the conspiracy theories. So it's anyways, this is as somebody again, who like, I I don't, I I am not as, as bathed in conspiracy as you guys are for sure. Well, thank God for that. (laughs) You should thank God for that because yeah, it, it gets, it gets weird. Like, that's why I've taken Like, I just walked away from like 20 years ago, even for fun. I just don't pay attention to it much anymore because, um, the, it, you know, what? it's not the conspiracy theories. The conspiracy theories still entertain me. The people, the community around those theories, they are the ones that you don't want to get anywhere near. <laughs> and I, well, they're like I, I any believer, that. like, like any rabid believer that could be Christian, it could be anything, right? But they are rabid believers, and and they act like rabid believers, and their 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 uh, their whole reason for being and everything they do is driven. Their motivation is driven by some sort of cockeyed morality play that they've been sold on. And and again, this applies to like all the cults. I consider Christianity a cult, so this applies it applies to most religions in my mind. I want I wanted to add something here uh, to what you were saying uh, flatly, and that's um. There was an article that came out. I forget if it was uh, in Forbes or like Financial Times or one of those. It came out today or yesterday. John Dolan from Radio Warnerd um, actually turned me on to it. And it was about this woman who was like a big like corporate executive or CEO or something along those lines who got into QAnon. And like the gist of the article seemed to be how could she have ended up believing in this? Mm-hmm. Only working class people believe in this. 
How could she allow her life? To oh, be I read that article. She people? had like a nervous breakdown. And, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I, I just think business. it's interesting. I think it's interesting because I, I think you'd be surprised by the type of people that believe in conspiracy theories. I don't think it's always like uh, just the, uh, you know, that image of the, the like, you know, uneducated person or whatever that, you know, didn't finish college or, or something that doesn't know about it. I, I don't think that's uh, necessarily as accurate as people think. It's yoga instructors in Sema County. That are married to dentists. No, it's like it's a big thing. Like QAnon is is advertising to the yoga community. Yeah. Well, that that's what I was gonna say. I think a lot of conspiracy theories are popular for, you know, sort of suburban middle class homeowners. Uh, but I mean, they're they're the people that are buying the books. Yeah. Dude, like you would be surprised. Like I have a friend. I'm not gonna say their name, but like we've been friends for 35 years. Like we used to. He was a radical. I was a radical. We used to like go stage things against Reagan, like, you know, back in the day, like that's how far we go back as radicals together. And he called me earlier this year when the COVID outbreak started and he was full on QAnon, full on 5Gs causing COVID. This guy has a doctorate. Hmm. So it's not just about education in class. <laughs> right. Wow. We all have the people. It, it, these are times that try men's souls. And uh, people are starving for anything. Uh, if you like read back uh, like the time of the Jewish revolts or the burnt over era of U.S. history, it, these were times of massive tumult, and uh, uh, people's uh, like souls are thirsty, and they, they latch on to the craziest things because the, there's. Uh, they can't look forward to a political order that will turn around and um, uh, provi provide for the people and uh, address the challenges that we have to meet collectively. There's, uh, so uh, religion and regressing into past lives takes the place of like concrete action. The last thing I'd say on this is just about that sort of successful people not engaging in in sort of conspiracy theories is so i worked for a really really huge company for about a year as an outsider trying to do a startup form but a really well established very large company and i noticed that there was a group think there that was super strong super super strong like like in my mind it approached cult level and i'll tell you if you were outside of that group think you weren't going to be successful in that company because it wasn't really about being having great ideas or, or seeing into the future. It was about climbing the ladder, doing what the other person's doing, making sure you're doing it. And I'll tell you, me and this other guy that joined from the outside and didn't actually end up going to, you know, occupy those offices. Every time we met them, it's, hey, when are you coming down? Can you spend more time in the office? Can you spend more time with us? And you started to get this idea. It, it's like, I think that's where that success versus cult mentality may come in is, I think a lot of people that just have success because they climb the ladder, when they start believing something that's outside of their group thing, end up falling out of that community or falling out of favor. And it's easy. Like those, this was a relatively powerful company. And one of the girls that fell out, she fell out because she happened to have a, a sort of kooky religious belief. And, and, and they weren't being religiously intolerant. They're just intolerant to everything that's not them. You know, <laughs> but I, I, I I, I digress. Whose yeah. turn was it? 
<laughs> I think it was. I think Mad Dog's up next, right? JG just went. You know, at Microsoft in the '90s, there were people that worked at Microsoft that dressed and and got a haircut and wore the glasses of Bill Gates. Oh my God! I saw some of them. I actually went there and, and read the the Redmond uh, campus and and talked to them about working on the media player. <clears throat> I didn't take the job, but uh, yeah, and, and they, I saw them. They they had the sweater and the haircut and the glasses and they, the hunch. <laughs> it was it was weird. And there's, the there's is, more than one of them in that company. There, there's a great book uh, called Bar- Barbarians Led by Bill Gates. And it came out in like 97 <laughs> or 98. And it's like basically like a whistleblower, you know, just talking about the awful corporate culture and how crazy everybody was at Microsoft. It's really awesome. Like, I, I wish I still had it. I, I don't think there's as much sinister about those cultures, though, as there is sociological. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think it's it's not a sinister plot. It's more it's a sociological. You you try to you try to you know get into that so you can have success. You look at all these things they're doing and you sort of follow along, and, and it's it's weird. I wonder sometimes if a lot of the conspiracy theories kind of have that same. There's not as much sinister behind this as there is sociological wanting to follow wanting. To be a part of that group, which can be sinister, and it can it can be it can be sinister. It can be uh, manipulated by somebody at the top who is, you know, not not uh, the best person in the world. Like has no scruples with like using those people to start a cult, yeah, or treat them like a cult. I, I was just gonna I, I was just gonna say, and then we can uh, get back to the game. It, it's interesting you mentioned the the sociological thing because I've often said to people that. You know, conspiracy theories, if you view them as metaphors uh, for sociological phenomena, they, they can make sense, uh, but not in a literal way. So like uh, breakaway civilization conspiracy theories. I do think that if you look at all the sociological data, uh, you know, people do behave differently based on things like class. Um, people with higher incomes are more isolated uh, from – People with lower incomes, capital creates space and all of that. So I can see why people would be interested in that conspiracy theory. But to me, it's like a metaphor uh, for something else. Or at least that's how I look at it in my weird sort of artsy mindset. I should just I should just uh, real quickly uh, look at the leaderboard here. Third place is a tie with Kirk and John. They have one card. Joe Matheny has two cards, a schemes and a random. And J.G. Michael has four cards. I think there's only one more. I think I... He's on the know. precipice. He's on the precipice. Is this Monopoly or a conspiracy? It is 12. 11. 11. Red Cook. All right. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Oh, nice one. Nice one, Kirk. You're on the corner... Tile, believe the unbelievable man. I don't know what the hell's going on there. So you get two two turns. So first turn. This is for a random card, which you do need. What was the name of the 2013 comet that was supposed to begin the Christian rapture? A. Haley's. Two. Hail Bach. C. Shoemaker Levy Nine, D. Ison, Ison. Oh, I I should know this. Um, uh, oh, 
Um, I, I, I'm going to say Hillbop. Oh, you got to do that thing that they do on on like lame new school game shows where you like talk about every answer for like yeah <laughs> for, like I, twenty I, minutes. I, like Hail Bop was Heaven's Gate. Was that the Heaven's Gate one? Yep. Yep. Levy Nine. That that seems just rather insignificant. Like it did not make the Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> and Ison is totally off. So your answer was B. Hail Bop. Yes. It is actually Ison D. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I can't believe I I missed that one. I've been getting into archaeo astronomy. I just remember the whole debacle with uh, Courtney Brown and Hale Bop and the the fudged pictures and that whole thing leading to uh, Heaven's Gate believing it was all real and using that as a <laughs> as a reason for their exit. <laughs> Didn't like Art Bell get pulled into that? That's what I said. Art Bell yeah, and, yeah. and Courtney Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was heavily promoting Courtney Brown and the whole thing. Like, it's not a comet. There's a there's a ship. You can see it. It's you know, like all and then right, all right. those Heaven's Gate people were, especially Marshall Applewhite, was listening to this horse wow. shit and then was heavily influenced. Like, this is it. This is the ship. It's coming for us. We all gotta check out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this conspiracy stuff is serious. It can be. Kirk, you have another turn. You landed on the corner. Um, uh, six. Oh, you're on the Discovery Channel. So roll one die, and I'll... My own show? The chart, yeah. Oh, my God. That would be quite a show. So roll one die, and I'll consult the chart. Four. Share the wealth. Get some help from a fellow conspiracist. Take one card from another player. Your choice. So I'll give you the rundown. The only one you have is Aliens, Kirk. So you need all the other ones. John has a schemes card. Joe has a schemes and a random. And JG has random, mythos, aliens, and tech. So I believe in redistribution of cards. So I will take the last card that you mentioned from JG. Tech card from JG. Um, he got his revenge. I told you he would. Yeah. This game is cutthroat, just like the uh, conspiracy lecture circuit scene. <laughs> now, now, JG... Has two tech cards, so he's still up top. He's gonna take us out, man. Yeah. He's gonna take us all out. Yeah, Dave Childers is vicious. Well, I've never had a problem with Childers. Is he vicious? No, I don't. Okay, he actually seemed like a nice guy when I met him. He was pretty cool. I mean, he's got some weird books, but I like weird. <clears throat> John March, your turn. Okay, um, I got eleven. Uh, eleven. 11. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11. That's an aliens. So um, that you're on the, the aliens thing, and you pulled a schemes card. Right. Name the Church of Scientology's plan to have the reporter Paulette Cooper committed to a psychiatric hospital. A. Operation Lockup. B. Operation Cleanout. C. The Cooper Initiative. D. Operation Freakout. I think it's going to be Operation Lockout. Well, How did I miss a Scientology one? Jeez. I know, we knew a Scientologist. Yes, he's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> See, Operation Freakout. 
Operation Freakout. Well, that makes sense. A little on the nose there, but what do you expect from Scientology? That's how they do things in Scientology. That's right. Hey, you shouldn't say that too loud or you'll get angry letters. In the Dude, I've already had Scientology up my ass, so, like, yeah, fucking bring it again, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to get an e-meter. Does anybody know, like... You can make them. Yeah, I'd have to learn how to, like, solder and stuff. Yeah. But, but I guess, I mean, because they're no, you can buy. Expensive. I've seen them on eBay. You can yeah, buy them. Yeah. There's, there's, oh, I mean, many a Scientologist, it. like, ditch their e-meters and, like, go back to real life, you know, so. Oh, man. Right. Before I left The Verge, I, and this was, like, before, like, all the, like, recent rash of Scientology stuff came out, I was really pushing them to let me go to Florida and, like, stay with Mark Rathbone for a week and like, you know, like the high level Scientology uh, guy who left Scientology. And now he's like, you know, every show about how terrible Scientology is, he's part of it. And, um, and he's like down there, like he's one of these people that still believes in the e-meter and the technology. They just think that the organization is corrupt Oh, he's a Ron Tech guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I really wanted to like go through that course, you know, and like learn the e meter and like have that because I'm fascinated by like what about what about that is made up bullshit? What about that is is useful? What about that's not useful but still interesting? But the Verge is like nobody cares about Scientology. There will never be another show about Scientology. No one will ever read an article about Scientology ever again. You know, end of discussion. No more. No more Scientology. And then now. <laughs> well, you know, Miss Cavage's wife finally escaped, didn't she? So. Yeah, yeah. It was there was something about that? Did she escape? Yeah, I heard she got out of the compound. You know, um, I, I was going to say you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, Joseph, but um. Wasn't wasn't there uh like William S. Burroughs was like anti Scientology, yep. but he believed yep. in like the the techniques, and I think Jim Keith like Jim Keith uh, was, was, a, was an ex Scientologist. Oh but, really? You know, I'll, I'll tell you, like Burroughs played with the e meter. He thought it was interesting. He didn't like Scientology, the organization. Who would? Uh, Jim Keith, the same thing. I know like three people that are former Sea Org people <laughs> that that hate Scientology, the organization, but they still believe they don't say anything bad about Hubbard. They still um, believe in the e-meter. And from time to time, they'll send me a fucking memo from Hubbard from like, when I was on the sea on the Apollo Hubbard sent this memo out, you might find it interesting and helpful. You know and I'm like? Fuck no, I wouldn't. But okay, uh, thanks for the thought. <laughs> so I, I always thought it was funny how Hubbard just stole Jack Parsons wife. Yeah, and his money, <laughs> and his money, and his money, and Jack was like, "Oh, I still consider him my one of the one of the most greatest, highest souls." Blah blah blah, or whatever. Yeah, he was like, "Like that's a real con man. He can take your money and your wife, and then you can't stop talking about how great he is." Well, if his later life is indicative of anything, then he probably had pictures of Jack with little boys in a motel or something. You know, it's like. That's how Hubbard operated. He, he he really like he he absorbed the methodology of of the of the deep state, so to speak. You know, it's like he got it. He's like get dirty pictures of people doing things they don't want the public to know they're doing. I mean, the Cold War was was really like a paranoid dream because like what was happening in the 
the fevered imaginations of these paranoids and people like Hubbard was foreign policy and was like how the op- the White House operated. There was no like disconnect between what Hubbard was doing and what Nixon was doing. No. So so I didn't even realize this until I looked up. So e, e- meters are three hundred bucks, um, and and this is the this is the Mark Super Seven mm. uh, Quantum. It's the Mark Super. I mean, way better than the, the level five. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a real a real find here. But it is it is kind of funny. Like you, you can imagine that this is exactly the same setup as it probably was originally. We just reprinted a box and sell it for an extra hundred couple bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I feel like between all of us, we could start a little startup where we just make e meters and just keep saying that ours are better than the Scientologists. <laughs> See, this is how you do it because this is what Scientology does. Like every couple of years, they need a new level and they discover new documents that were in the safe that Hubbard left behind of the new level. And then the new level goes on sale, right? They do this all the time. And so we could say that Hubbard left us some documents that we only just opened. Like they were like sealed and we weren't supposed to open them until 2020. And we opened them, and it was the design for this ultimate fucking D meter. Yeah, the D meter. <laughs> the D, <laughs> the F meter. <laughs> All right, John. I, I believe it's your turn. Does that sound right? I, I I don't know that it is my turn, but I'll take it. Is everybody good with that? It's Joseph's turn. Oh right? no, no, it's Joe's turn. Yeah. Uh, I'm having a real hard time keeping track. It's all right. Sixteen you you will not be held by your hands. You'll hold it some other way. It's an eight. You're on random. You landed on random. Oh, and you got a random card, and you are on the random space, so you get to take another turn. But first, in the 16th century painting, The Eucharist, what object is being held by Jesus and God that proves that time travel is real? Oh, this is so good. A, an iPhone. B, Sputnik. C, a cylinder that resembles a rocket. D, a DNA molecule. God, you know, I don't know this one. Um, so I'm going to guess a rocket. No, I'm sorry. It's Sputnik. Oh, okay. That was cool. That was going to be no. my second guess. I'm, I'm, I like it when I learn something. Yeah, I've not, I've not ever seen that painting. All right, but you get one more turn. It's like a UFO in the background of the Virgin Mary or something. <laughs> Two and a three, that's a five. Law of fives. Next time we play this game, we have to have like a rule for the law of fives. Drink. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're on a schemes card. Which conspiracy theory proposes we are all living in a computer simulation? A, the simulation hypothesis. B, the matrix dilemma. C, sim universe. D, the computer trap. That's the first one, but it's not, I didn't know it was a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I just think it's like it's under mythos. I think like weird. It, it's an shit. actual hypothesis. Yeah, right. Yeah, Nick Bostrom, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Among other Bostrom people. Thing. Yeah, Joe. So mythos cards. So now you have three of a possible five. So you're really creeping up with JG. JG better not bone his next turn. <laughs> which, uh, go ahead and roll, JG. Okay, uh, five. And you are on rando. And you pulled the tech card. What government project was said to have caused the devastating earthquake in Fukushima? A. Project Pegasus. B. Heart. C. Project Deep Rumble. 
D, the Philadelphia Experiment. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Harp. You got it, man. Oh, I'm such a nerd. I hate myself. <laughs> that is, angels don't play this hard. That's right. So you already had a tech card. So you're still you still have four of five. A quick uh, reminder of the Philadelphia experiment. Anyone? El Bielik. El Bielik. <laughs> uh, it, it, there was a vanish, vanishing uh, destroyer boat or something. Yeah, there yeah. was a. They were trying to do uh, uh, radar invisibility, and then they ended up doing invisibility, but they also leaped into it or bled into a parallel dimension and that that's the joke i was making about the titanic supposedly you know there were servicemen that were like merged into the hull of the ship and i think jg i think i told you this al Bielik before he died used to call me and um just like, well, we tell, need to do you and i oh wow we need to do a whole episode on the montauk project that's he would just like tell me stories and i would just sit there and nod and just let him go because like you know i knew like it was the craziest shit but it was just so entertaining for, for anyone oh, that isn't awesome. familiar with the Montauk Project that's listening to this, I mean, it's probably the only conspiracy theory with time travel, the New World Order, yeah, uh, that's mind the, control, uh, Bigfoot. Long Island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Camp Hero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is a Bigfoot story, too. And it's, then there's an aspect of just, like, trying to get guys naked, right? Yeah, there's that, too. There's, like, there's there's like a whole – because there's a lot of um, Reikian – talking in in this whole theory but here's the thing i went there i went to camp hero this was a long time ago before they closed it off well, actually it was closed up but they had to start tearing it down i saw the the, the big radar antenna i found i found a, a, a hole in a wall that took me to an underground bunker that in that bunker there were ladders that went down into holes that were full of water so I couldn't go down any further, but there was like there was one level down, and there was obviously a second level at least below that, and so there was something. But it was I didn't find anything like you know spectacular. It was it was a it was you know it was it was a military installation. It was like sure. a bunker. It's like if yeah, if, it, they, if they were to get bombed, that's where they would go. Yeah, yeah. And it's an outpost in the yeah. middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a forward outpost. Like if, if there was a raid on the United States during World War II. You know, they would, they, they had this, it was like, it was dug out, like, it was always like a mound, and beneath the mound, there was like, it was down, and then it was like, it was a, it was a concrete bunker, and it was pretty big, yeah. and then there was areas where you could go down deeper, but they were full of water, so they had obviously been flooded or something, but, so, you know, I think it's just kids were going on that base, and telling stories like kids do, like, you know, like the, like the stories we tell each other about the graveyards, and yeah, that house is where the crazy people. Right, you know, it's like you it's, know, it's I, just that kind of stuff. I, I was gonna say when it comes to the Montauk Project, I, I think it's really interesting. Is like, you know, this urban legend that it's turned into its own phenomena. Yeah. But you know, I, I really like the. I think I have the one book, the first book. It's called The Montauk Project by yeah. Peter Moon and Nichols. And I like how at the yeah. beginning it's like. Well, you can just read this as if it's all fiction. So I thought, like, you should. Well, maybe maybe they're like they don't actually believe this, uh, but I've heard otherwise as well. Um, here's what I, I I can tell you from personal experience with some of the people that are involved um, that Preston Nichols tells a lot of bizarre stories or did, um, and I and I think maybe he believed half of them. Al Bielik, I was I was. I was positive Al thought he was telling me the truth. I think he was just delusional as fuck. Mm -hmm. um, 
<laughs> which is what he allowed him to tell it so convincingly, you know? <laughs> um, and so I, he wasn't hurting anybody. So I didn't have a problem with him telling those stories. And he, you know, him and Nichols, neither one knew how to write at all. Well, they were very, some of them pretty much illiterate. with each other too, right? Like, yeah, I've they heard, all like, fight with each other. I've, I've heard Swerdlow say like, people shouldn't oh, yeah. go to uh, Nichols. He's got this like sexual yeah. thing. And they, yeah. they all have like their weird. It started with Nichols and Bielik and then, um, uh, Duncan Cameron got involved, and then Swerdlow got involved, and then and then eventually they all like it always happens. They all had a falling out, except for Bielik and, and Nichols kind of stuck together. And I don't think uh, Cameron ever really got into it with anybody. Um, he, he's pretty. He's he's kind of an interesting character. He's 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 harmless. He's another one who I think really kind of almost always all completely believes these stories that. He was convinced by Alan Dunk uh, Alan uh, Preston that he was involved. He didn't. He didn't go one one day wake up and go. I suddenly remember I was in the Montauk Project. But Duncan and Preston met him and said, "You were in the Montauk Project." And he went, "Really? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy." Oh. Yeah, he's kind of a gullible, doofy character, but you know, not a not a malignant one at all. You know, and I and know. I don't think Nichols was, and I and I definitely know Al wasn't. Al used to entertain the shit out of me when he call me because i would just like turn everything off so nobody could bother me and just lay back in my chair and like go tell me what have you been doing oh i just got back from mars you know there's a portal you can go through that you walk through this door you open the chamber then you're on mars and you know mars actually has oxygen and like and he would just go off man it was awesome it was awesome because i wouldn't sit there and say no no you know i would just let him go so it was great. I had my own personal story teller on the phone for a while. <laughs> How about Jordan Maxwell? I don't know him, but yeah, it, but he, he, Jordan's you know, like a West Coast guy. He's like LA, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, he he's it, there. There are these uh, avuncular figures that show up every now and then that that kind of are the the, the Godfathers of of like a core set. It, it seems to be uh, geographical. In, yeah. Uh, a lot of times, like there, there will be like the, um, like the Hollywood people will be uh, Jordan Maxwellites and yep. and they, Anthony Hilder. Yeah, the yep. East oh, he wife, was nasty. Yeah, uh, Guru or in the middle Midwest, the Art Bell, they that will be there, and William Cooper for a lot. I of think there's time periods too. Like it's like fashion. Like, yeah. When I lived in LA, which I lived in LA for a long time. And I used to go to the Bodhi Tree Books. I actually did some lectures there. And Bodhi Tree Books, there was you could always tell like there was like three, like you say, there was like three or four people that were the hip things to be into for the new age community in, in Los yeah. Angeles, which is bigger than you would think. Like yeah. rock stars, movie stars, like all these people with money used well, to yeah, flock to the Bodhi Tree. Yeah, people that go to the Manly Palmer Hall. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Manly P. Hall there. Yeah. 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 yeah right. And there's 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 a Jung Institute there, and there's like there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like people you would not suspect they're into these things like like, you know, like people that are like we were saying, there's people that are like executives at the record companies that, you know, are hanging out with David Icke. It's right. like for, it's for real. It's a, it's a fashion thing. It really is. So so whose turn is it? Who just went? Did I went. It's my turn. All right. JG. Oh, my God. Is this going to be the die roll that decides the game? It could be. Okay, so I got a five and an uh, three, so eight. Aliens. And aliens. An alien card. So he's got 
two turns, and it's not looking good, guys, if, you, if you're hoping to win. And you're not J.G. Michael of Parallax Views Podcast. What evidence was used to prove the Dropa tribe in China were the descendants of aliens that crashed on Earth 12,000 years ago? Or the answer is the answer. A, 132 clay tablets. B, 716 stone discs. C, 243 etched mammoth bones. D, 408 papyrus scrolls. I'm going to go with A because I have no freaking clue. The answer was B, 716 stone discs. I have to say, nothing about any of these would stick out. You know, like, and certainly none of them were funny. That rings a bell, the stone disc does, but I couldn't tell you exactly why. JG does have another turn. Okay, so uh, roll two again? Yep. Oh, five and a five, so ten. Double rolls, five and a five, or the high five. A fellow conspiracist congratulates you. That's Ed, probably Ed Opperman. <laughs> <laughs> take a card from the player of your choice and roll again. This is the game, though. If he takes a card, he wins. Yeah. So what? So schemes is what you need to win. Joe has two schemes cards, and John has one schemes card. Gladly okay. take my schemes card. I'm taking it from Joseph. All Thank right. You. You got them all, baby. You won. So, <laughs> so what's, the, what's, the, what's the truth? The truth. Oh, um. Wait, what? What are you talking what, about? What's, it's over. The game's over. So yeah, what's, what's the, the truth? truth? What's the truth that we've learned? Oh, the truth is uh, out there, and now we found it. Yeah, you. it's you. You tell me. You're the one that did the research. Bill Cooper said, you know. Believe, don't trust anyone, just do your own research. Mystery Babylon. Mystery Babylon. Now we have to listen to all 16 hours of Mystery Babylon. That's the truth. Dude, I think I have. <laughs> I probably have. Yeah. yeah. I used to fall asleep listening to Bill Cooper. It's, it's uh, sad. It's really sad. <laughs> it's always blown my mind how popular he is with like certain elements of um, like Black America. He's yeah. He's like really popular. Did you read that book that just came out? The, the Mark the Rider? Yeah, no, I haven't, but you should. I, there's um, a sort of uh, black cultural show uh, whose listeners I talk to a lot, Champagne Sharks, and uh, a lot of the people like they don't necessarily believe in Cooper, but they know of him because of friends in their communities. And I just I found it really interesting. Yeah, there's a couple of chapters on what uh, what an influence that book was in like you know black New York and and the, the street fairs and like all the the street vendors and people like it was everywhere. It's like everybody was running around waving Cooper's book, and yeah, yeah. Just, which is funny considering I don't think Cooper himself was a racist, but he definitely was part of a milieu that is full of them. <laughs> yeah, but he he would also mock them, like yeah. on his own show. Like he really yeah. did hate. That's like, why I said uh, I don't think well, he was he was part of it. Yeah, yeah. Mock the racists, not the rappers. Just to be clear. Yeah. No, he. I think he liked the fact that the rappers were into him. He he seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, I always see – there's always, like, hip-hop artists that will sample, like, Bill Cooper and David Icke for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So was was this game a success? John, what are you drinking? Have you moved up to another liqueur? I, or? I, I moved to, to – um, I, I, I moved to Maker's Mark, but I did so because I realized I forgot to bring a bottle into the room and didn't want to leave the room to go 
grab it. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me in this time of COVID. Um, for those of you who do have public facing unprecedented person, times, if I hear that one more time, <laughs> my favorite is the uh, Biden was elected and now the national nightmare is over. Uh, and the new uh, national nightmare can begin. It already did. All right. So who has Twitter or websites or podcasts? Views Parallax uh, for me on Twitter and parallaxviews.podbean.com if you want to hear my podcast or support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash parallaxviews. I'm going to tell you that, that I'm Eerie Forge on Twitter and I am Eerie Forge on Tumblr. When you remember Tumblr as like one of those old things. And I'm on there hunting mushrooms and uh, eating wild foods and not doing construction Ooh. tech. So so go check out Eerie Forage. I'm a blacksmith. I make knives and you know hunt mushrooms and do all that crazy stuff. And and uh, you probably would be bored by the construction tech stuff, anyways. Joseph, you got a? Uh... Yeah, I don't really do much social. Like social media is all private these days. And so if I don't know you, know you, then I probably won't respond to your your request for social media. But but uh, josephmathini.com is where all my where I announce all my public stuff and my books and all that kind of stuff is there. All right. Ma- Kirk, Mad Dog, Cook, any parting words? Woomy, 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 woomy. Do your best and keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs>
watching you. And still the government won't admit they fake the whole moon landing. Thought control race, psychotronic scanning. Don't mind that. I'm protected because I made this hat from aluminum foil. Foil. Where it had this foil line in case an alien's inclined. To probe your butt or read your mind Looks a bit peculiar Seems a little crazy But someday I'll prove There's a big conspiracy 